comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Hey, Abe, can you hand me that uh, 7 eighths wrench over there? Yeah, sure. All right, can you uh, now pass me the number 12 eye shade so I can weld this together? Yeah, here, here you go. Alright. Uh, not that I want to pry, but uh, what are you building, by the way? Huh? Oh, oh, this? Yeah, that. Oh, well, this is my 15-foot nuclear core diesel-powered fighting robot. I designed it myself. Check this out. It's got a gas-powered mechanical hydraulic fuel system in the joint areas like our elbows and shoulders that allows for up to a 240 PSI punch. Plus, it's got four infrared sights that allows it to find an enemy up to a distance of 1,600 to 4,400 meters, depending on which sight you select. Its guns are 50 caliber, and each ammunition well holds up to 1,000 rounds. And it even gets to the striker missiles that it can hold up in its four bays above the titanium alloy shoulder blade and carbon fiber outer skeleton. I know you can't tell, but I'm sitting here in stunned silence. Where'd you get the funding and supplies for this? Well, it took a lot of proofs of purchases from the General Mills cereal boxes that I collect and about $15 million in savings, but I, I finally did it. Plus, I had some favors that I called in to Stark Industries and Land Enterprises. <laughs> Good one, Aaron. See, I knew you were joking because Stark Industries and Wayne Enterprises don't have any nuclear reactors small enough to emit the 1,251 joules of energy needed to sustain voluntary and controlled movements in a 15-foot-tall, 8-foot-wide mech warrior powered by military-grade diesel fuel. And Stark Industries stopped producing the striker missiles after 1999 due to the lack of programmable targeted execution methods when using an onboard computer interface running on Unix and C programming language. Lastly, it's not even titanium alloy and carbon fiber. Those are just empty coke cans that you cut up to use as an exoskeleton. Abe, you are such a nerd. You're lucky I have to go pick up some comics on hold for me. Otherwise, I refute all your claims of 40% and nearly 90% made-up statistics. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, uh, I'll see you for the recording for Pacific Room later this week, then. Yeah, yeah, you know it. We'll be doing the Robo Boogie. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. Introduction. is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Gesundheit! <laughs> I've been a lot lately. And you're blessing yourself. Yeah. All right. Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 111, 111, 111, all three of those. Palindrome. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> the weakest kind. And um, only in numerical form it is. Yeah. And uh, this week we are discussing Pacific Rim, the new my giant robots versus giant monsters movie for director Guillermo del Toro. And joining us to discuss Pacific Rim, we have currently developing a new blog, My Loud Noises, a Class 4 Kaiju a, with a Class C license, and an all-around class act, Alan Aguilera. Hello, everyone. How are we doing tonight? 
today or, or afternoon or morning. Whenever. You know what? You know, whenever you decide to, you know, listen all, to this. All times of the day. I've been saying this show's timeless for a while now, so. <laughs> uh, people will constantly say, I'll have out now with her today, but the Age of Enlightenment. That's a sweet they, joke. They think I'm that we're done. joking, but we're not. Okay. And also joining us, we have <sighs> our newest guest, also developing a new blog coming soon called Serial Filler, a Jaeger pilot and a Jaeger Meister, Josh LaRue. Hey, everybody. Kazoon tight for anyone who might have sneezed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> also, joining us from a distance, we have from Dan Dirty Blog, currently president of the Idris Elba slash Morris Chestnut Mustache Fan Club, Jordan Grout. Good one, Jordan. Oh, yeah. That's funny, Jordan. Classic, Jordan. <laughs> anyway, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. great. Yeah, good. Good. Glad to have you. I came, I came up with a new, new nickname for Jordan. Yeah. Jordacy. Anybody? Jordacy. You know what? Forget it. Never mind. You can edit that out. I just, I just I've been calling him Michael B. Jordan Grout. So. <laughs> this should be a new game that we have. Yeah, it's called Where's Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's a layered joke. I'm sorry. I, I approve. <laughs> that's good. And it comes full circle because Idris Elba is in this movie. There you go. Stringer Bell all the way. Let's do this. Yeah, we just cloud Atlas that. Yeah, everything's connected, all right. All right, let's do this. It, We're talking it's a about Pacific circle. Rim, guys. Ready, you ready to talk about Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim it is. Okay, well, let's wait like 20 or so minutes so we can talk about all the other things we normally do before we talk to the movie review section. <laughs> um, let's see, a few announcements. Uh, Comic-Con's next week, guys. Woo! I know some of us are going. I know, I know three-fourths. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, I know three-fifths of this podcast is going to Comic-Con. Here's Yay. my question. Yes. Here's my question. Yeah. When you're putting this up, wouldn't it already be, like, tomorrow is Comic-Con? Yes. Tomorrow's Comic Con. Now I got anxiety. <laughs> now I'm freaked. I haven't been packed. <laughs> I haven't packed. I haven't figured anything out. Oh, there's so much stress. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna do Comic Con, and I I imagine that Alan, maybe Josh, and I will be all. We'll do another wrap up Comic Con show like we did last year. That'd be that'd be fun. Yeah, Pop, that'd be great. Maybe in the same room together. That'd be a cool way to do it. You know, for a change. How uh, often have I told you no? Yeah. <laughs> you have told me no quite a bit. Well, except for that one night in Bermuda doesn't count. Yeah, well, anything goes on the triangle. Let's see. Um, we haven't done a contest in a while, so, you know, why not? Let's do another one. How about that, Abe? Boom. There you go. Yeah, so um, in the next coming weeks, we'll, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about whatever the stakes of the next contest are. We know we like doing contests, we like, and people like, you know, winning things for free, so everyone wins in the situation. So we'll, I think we'll, we may be owing some people some prizes. Yeah, that? we do. Yeah, I believe Joe Jans especially has won our, our, our banner contest, and he will be getting his prize very soon. I'll be mailing that out soon enough. Actually, I'm going to wait till after Comic-Con, so I'll put some... Some extra Comic Con swag in there in the oh. prize as well. So yeah, you'll, you'll be getting some good stuff in the mail sooner or later. Um, sooner, hopefully, rather than later. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's see. And uh, yeah, iTunes reviews and ratings. It helps us out. It helps you guys out because that means our show is more popular and you guys can keep listening to it because we won't die of depression from not having enough iTunes reviews and ratings. So you know, log on to iTunes. Simple star rating. Maybe a sentence or two about like. You know, how good our show is, or how not good our show is, but mainly how good our show is. You know, 139 yeah. characters, and that's it. It's not a tweet, but all right, I like yeah. it. It's, it's uh, good enough, yeah, and it helped out the show. So, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, let's just do this. Let's get right into things. Let's get to know everybody. Each week we ask each other a few questions to try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know everybody. And a long pause. And uh, I'm going to let Abe start this one off this week. Awesome. All right. Um, Alan. So. You've been selected to the Jaeger program and are going to be piloting with Maverick and Goose and Iceman in Hollywood. Who do you want as your wingman? 
Who do I want as my wingman? Yeah, there you guys oh. are gonna be going together. Who's the uh, who's who's watching your tail there? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Is, as Forrest just, Gump? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> who would who would say Tom? You know what? You know who I need to pilot a jet plane with me? Forrest <laughs> Gump. Seems Forrest like Gump has been a, he's been in battle. He's been in war. He's a veteran. Yeah. No, I'd probably pick like um. Captain Lady Miller Kill. from Saving Private Ryan. Captain yeah. Miller. I was thinking yeah. Lady Killers for his uh, Oh, that would be great. <laughs> or no, uh, Larry Crown. No, you know what? I want Larry Crown to be my Jaeger pilot. No, yeah, oh, well, he, he knows how to ride a moped, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Abe. Yeah. Do you think that Pacific Rim would have made more money if it was called Atlantic Rim? That's actually, isn't that an Asylum movie that just came out like a week ago? You don't answer uh, the question with a question, Abe. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I think that it would not have made that much money because, really, I mean, who is Iceland trying to fight, right? Exactly. That's yeah, that's right. Uh, the Mighty Ducks. That's who they're trying to fight. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 Recu- the Recuvicians were fighting the Mighty Ducks. That's right, cool. yeah. yeah. With their general, Gordon Bombay, yeah, I guess. You know what's fun about D2, the Mighty Ducks? They're, like, the name? They're, they're, represent- they're apparently the best hockey team in America, and then at the end of the movie they're like, you know what? America, we're the Ducks, and they just ditch those uniforms. They're like, we're going to fight the Olympics now as Ducks. Who cares? Quack. 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 Knock off the oh. Those are some foul kids. Hey. Right. Uh, Josh. Yes, sir. You're a soldier on the eve of war of annihilation. Do you want a speech by Bill Pullman, Idris Elba, or someone else? E. Is it, uh, is it the same speech that they've given before, it's, or are they like, bit, is there something new that's even more amazing? It's modified, but it's got the same tone. You know, you feel the okay. same kind of goosebumps. Ooh, I want, I want, I want a different one. Go for it. Uh, I, I want Harrison Ford. Why do you want Harrison Ford? <laughs> like, okay. Okay. We gotta go get the guys out there. They're gonna come at us. But even running with Pacific Rim, like I could even take Charlie Day. Like he'd cut through all the tension of like life ending, and you'd be like, "All right, let's go do this." If worse happens, at least we had a good speech. You know what? Man? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been yeah. It would have been like a, an entire like you know mini book in in four minutes. Yeah. You know what, man? There's a lot of awesome out there. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go fight it. Is is it weird that I uh, like to listen to the Bill Pullman sh- um, speech before you know I go poop? No, I was still went on flossing. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll throw this one to Aaron. Yep. Uh, in place of Pacific Rim, if you had to see Guillermo del Toro remake one 1990s action movie, what would it be? Let's see, remaking 1990s action movie. Um, let's. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with Demolition Man. He's gonna great creep. Ah, no, you know what? That's a bad answer because I like the world. Like how how much more improvement can there be on Demolition Man? But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go another Stallone movie. I'm gonna say uh, uh, Cliffhanger. I want to <laughs> see Guillermo del Toro's Cliffhanger. I, I want to see some, <laughs> some some and like they're but they're not like on like a mountain anymore. They're like on a different planet, but it's the same exact plot with the same exact characters. It's like really awkward. But like you just see this, whole, it's like you just see this whole new world created for. <laughs> well, that, that'd really help the career of Leon, so that'd be good. Cool Runnings, Leon. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> don't, don't ever make fun of Cool Runnings. Oh no, I love Cool no Runnings. No one run. No one make like they're not invited on this show. Like that's the that, that, that discussion right there. Alan. Yo. What's your favorite autopsy scene in a movie? Autopsy scene. Yep. 
Um, probably the last abortion scene of Vera Drake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, oh my god. I just, moved, I just moved my chair over because that's where we just went. We went there. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like the, I'm like Degrassi. I go there. I'm sorry. Did you want a real answer? That'd be nice. Okay. Um, I kind of, I don't know. As a kid, I really liked the autopsy scene in um, Independence Day, where they were taking apart the main carcass and they found the alien on the inside. I really liked that one that's as a kid. Scene. That's a yeah. I'll, get, I'll get to more Independence Day talk. But that's, oh, really? Oh, I didn't think that would come up today. I know, Here's, right? Yeah. No, but what are the yeah. odds? But that's, that's where, like, where it just pops open. Audience just flipped out. It was crazy. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. <laughs> and the, the tentacles and stuff. I thought that was really cool. And as a kid, I was like, this is awesome. I had that toy. It was great. Me too! Right? Oh man, we just yeah. high-fived. Yeah, oh, there it is. That resonated good across one. counties. That was a good one, I heard. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. Alrighty, Josh. <laughs> What's up? During Pacific Rim, did you have a category one, two, four, or five size boner? <laughs> uh, which things are we talking about? I In mean, general. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was, that, what was the biggest range... peak of your boner? Was it five, four, one, or two? Three is not an answer. Eesh. I want to say I want to say a five, and it's only with uh, Charlie Hunter with the staff in his hand. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's awful. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. No, um, yeah, I'd say five. Like, a, you want a specific moment? No, like, no, we'll get to that. It was when it started, and then it was all the way through until it ended. Is that a fair? That's Is that fun. a fair level yeah, five? That makes sense. Okay, Alan. Yeah. All right, let's do this one. What's your favorite Charlie Day film? Favorite Charlie Day film? Other than Pacific Rim? Could be Pacific Rim. It could be. Um, I'm, I'm going to extend Pacific Rim only because it's, you know, just because we're, the movie we're talking about, and we're going to know how much I love it later. I really liked Horrible Bosses. Hmm. I thought it was really funny, and I really enjoyed it. And I think those are the only movies he's been in. I'm just joking. There's other stuff, right? He had that classic Drew Barrymore, Justin Long rom-com, Going the Distance. Oh, yes. And he was just, he's currently also in Monsters University. Oh! Oh, yeah, he is. No, I still pick Hollywood Bosses, but that's great. Good for him. (laughs) I'll shoot one out, since Alan already had to. Yeah. Um, And I'll just open this up to anybody. What two giant things would you like to see fight each other? My ego and my heart. (laughs) Aww. The safe uh, of Marshmallow Man and, uh, well, Godzilla would just fry him. It wouldn't make any sense. I mean, fried marshmallows seem more dangerous yeah, to me than not fried marshmallows. <laughs> You'd be throwing, like, flaming gobs of sugar at Godzilla. Oh, that makes sense. That's fun. Oh, I just yeah. see a 60-foot John Wilkes Booth versus a Marshmallow Man. That, yes. Can I can I get to see the Megazord against the giant kid and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? Yes, that's the, right. that's, that's actually the correct answer. That's, that's actually, the winning answer right that's there. That's actually the correct answer. Yeah. Good job. There you go. <laughs> right. Did you have another Just question, Abe, or is that it? I don't want to uh, I don't want to change your answer, Alan. But um, Charlie Day was he did play uncredited stoner in Bad Company, starring Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock. I, if, oh, you, if you want to change your answer, we could. Uh, you know what? I'm a man of my word, and I go off of instinct. <clears throat> I got feeling, and I'm just going to stick with my answer. Okay, but knowing that, though, you would have said that if you do it at the time. That's <sighs> Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, you know, I, mean, I can't, I can't, I gotta be a man of my word. 
Maybe we should probably do a commentary for Bad Companies starring Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock. That's maybe one of the greatest action movies of the 2000s. You know what? I don't think that would work because all of us would be silent by how riveted we are by the film. That's true. And I really should tell it by its whole title, Jill Schumacher's Bad Company. But um, cool. <laughs> Anyway, that's how you play No Everybody. Let's get on to uh, Out Now Quickies. Jim? Each week on Out Now, we try to review one movie, but there's always plenty of other things that we happen to see during the week. And we so we have a little segment called Out Now Quickies. Trademark. There you go. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I have not seen any other movies this week. I did catch a little bit of the heat. Not very good. So you, you cooled off from the heat and, and the left? <laughs> Thanks, yes, yes, I, I, I did. Alan, have you <laughs> seen any other movies this week? Uh, yeah, it's not much to do about nothing with Joe Sweden recently. No, I don't know if it was this week. My it's days fine. blend together. Um, but it was really good. I really liked it. Big fan. Josh, any other movies? <clears throat> uh, I saw Despicable Me too. Eh. I didn't have the heart that the first one did, but I had a good time. I uh, I just I just got back from the way way back actually. Again, oh nice! I saw it again because that movie is wonderful, and I just wanted I want that movie to be a part of me. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I saw another movie that we'll talk about next week. Um, I also saw Turbo. I'm gonna get back to Turbo in a second because I have something oh. to say. But um, I saw a movie called Stuck in Love, um, with. Greg Kinnear and Greg Kinnear, other people that played at the Newport Beach Film Festival. It did yep. play at the Newport Beach Film Festival, and now it's open. I think it's opening pretty soon, and I would very, I wouldn't really say go out seek it out, but it has its moments. It's about Greg Kinnear and his son and daughter, who are all they're all writers, and they're trying to figure out their love lives. It's really sappy. Oh um, dear God! Yeah, it's pretty sappy. Um, I started watching Orange Is the New Black. This is the new series from oh. Jake Cohen, who How is that? created uh, Weeds. Yes, it is a new Netflix series. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I'm really excited to keep going on it. I believe it's like, what, like 12 or 13 episodes or something like that. It's for, yeah, from the creator of Weeds, a show that started out very strong that I really enjoyed, and I'm hoping that this one carries that forth as well. I uh, It's basically about this, um, it's about a woman played by Taylor Schilling who's, who kind of, he, she, goes, she goes to jail. She did something in her past that, necessitated her to kind of surrender and go to jail to serve her time. And so it's basically a women in jail movie. Women, women behind cages movie. One of those. One of those gems. Ooh. It's a, yeah, it's a kind of a, a comedy drama. Um, a lot of good stuff in that. Let's see. Laura Prepon from uh, That 70s Show. She's in there. Uh, Jason Biggs is in there. Not emasculating himself, which is always a nice thing to see from Jason Biggs, who I think is talented when he's not, you know, doing things that embarrass himself on screen. So he's playing a woman? Yeah, exactly. Um, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, Orange is the New Black. I'm liking it so far. Digging it. Uh, let's get back to Turbo. This is a movie <laughs> about... It's an animated movie about snails. Ryan Reynolds stars as a snail who loves watching uh, Indy, Indy 500. He gets special powers based on... He gets sucked into like a car and it uses NOS and he gets infused with NOS, which makes him... Have the abilities to be like a car. So he has headlights. This makes perfect eyes. sense. He has a radio in, that he can turn on and off. He has blinkers. And, of course, he can go very fast. And I didn't know what to expect from this movie besides the fact that a snail goes fast. Like, oh, that's that's opposites doing things. Ha, 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 snails and fast. And then it turns out that the snail is entering into the Indy 500. The, the, we get the classic quote. There's no rule that says snails can't enter the Indy 500. And, Naturally. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I I know that I don't need to pick on an animated movie like this for its plot or like how 
sound it sounds, but my god, this just wasn't good at all. This is like the epitome of like bad DreamWorks and stuff. This is like no, Shark no, no, but, This is like but, Shark Tale bad. But have you seen? Who wrote, did you see who wrote the movie? Yeah, I did. I uh, couldn't, I couldn't believe Rob, it. I just looked it Rob, up. Rob Se- was it um, Robert Siegel? Yeah, Robert so, Siegel, who wrote the Wrestler and um, the fan. Who wrote Big Fan? Like big, that's big insane. Fan. What? Yeah, imagine, so if you walked up to me and you said, hey, the guy who wrote The Wrestler and Big Fan has a new movie coming out. Do you want to go see it? I'd put $20 down easily. I love both of those movies. And then Turbo. To, to be fair, he's a co-writer on the movie. Um, but, like, it's oh, it's not good. And I know I'm going to, like, be in some kind of minority where, like, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's cute. It's fine. But I'm taking a stand here. I've, I've settled. I'm settling down. <laughs> Turbo is terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Taking a stand. This is where I'm putting my foot down. On this I like one. that. I like that. Right. Oh, last, I almost forgot this. I watched Sharknado also, guys. And <laughs> let's just I missed say, it. it. Sharknado is pretty fantastic. I'm just going to leave it there. That's all I need to say. Sharknado. Like FP fantastic or? Oh, it's FP fantastic. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Now this this is this. Go, this is this is going to be need to be a commentary. This, this has to happen. <laughs> Sharknado. Oh, my God. All right. Ian and Knits. In Sharknado. He commits. It's, uh, I'm penciling it in on the calendar right now. Sharknado. Sharknado commentary. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so that's on our quickies. To you? Let's get to a movie trailer talk. We could talk about some of the newest trailers and uh, when they're coming out and what we thought of them and what have you. Um, two comedies this week. Let's talk about the first one. This is Captain Phillips uh, about Somali pirates and Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> He goes to a, a garage sale with, from a, with by a so, family and uh, yeah. This uh, is this, this movie is this a modern retelling of the Pirates of Penzance? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's based on a true story of Captain Richard Phillips and the 2009 hijacking by Somali pirates. It's a new film directed by Paul Greengrass. It's written by Billy Ray, who quite a bit actually. He wrote um, he wrote State um, of Play, State and, of play Bre- and um, Breach, Breach as and well. Volcano, you can't forget about Volcano. I can't forget about Volcano. Uh, and he directed, uh, was it um, Shattered Glass? That's right, Shattered Glass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do we what do we think, uh, Josh? What are your thoughts on the Captain Phillips trailer? It, it would be great. I'm just not a fan of Paul Greengrass. I like knowing what's happening in a movie. Sorry. <laughs> Alec, <laughs> I'm stoked. I really want to watch it. Uh, I think Green Zone was a miss for him, um, critically and financially, and I didn't really like it. Um, but I really liked his Bourne movies. I really liked United 93. I liked Study Blender Sunday. So I really, um, I'm really excited. I really want to watch it. Plus it's Tom Hanks and I don't not see movies that are with, with Tom Hanks. Except for Larry Crown and yeah. Cloud Atlas. I just haven't, my mother was a saint, but I just haven't had time. Abe? Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Paul Greengrass either. And I don't really know why I would, I would watch a movie about this. This is just about uh, a ship captain that gets captured and some Navy SEALs that, Take him out. So, end of story. I yeah. Did you watch Zero Dark Thirty? I did. Well, there you go. One... What a surprise that was, by the way, man. No one knew where that was going. No well, idea. Well, I'm just oh saying that, gosh. like, for that one, that that's not so much about just the 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 special forces guys going in there. It's, it's all the backstory about, I guess. The... And since you've already seen this movie, you know it's all only about this one thing. No, I'm just saying that <laughs> it's uh, the premise doesn't seem that appealing to me. You say lots of things. Yeah. Things. I don't know. Well, no, I see what you're, I see your point, but you never know. It could be really good. I yeah, trust, no, I, uh, I, it could be pretty good. I, 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 again, I don't doubt, you know, Tom Hanks and Paul Greengrass has done some, some entertaining films. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see a movie about Captain Sully Sullenberger either. 
even though he's he's a national treasure. Yeah, yeah. We did watch well, fight. Thing, like, well, the movie like, also. <laughs> Honestly, like, we already talked about Billy Ray in his past two movies, but, you know, we already had another writer earlier, and we had two bad movies and one really, apparently, really bad, terrible film. So this might be uh, Billy Ray's Turbo. (laughs) But the movie also has Max Martini, who was also in Pacific Rim from this past week. He plays a SEAL commander, and he's also the father of the other Jaeger. And his last name is an alcoholic beverage, so... (laughs) Absolutely. God... I'll get, to, I'll get to my thoughts. I'm down. I'm I like, <laughs> Okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm in. I like Paul Greengrass. I like Tom Hanks. I like where I, I like the idea of seeing the story on the big screen. It, uh, you know what, Aaron? Let's me. go together. We will. We'll do it. All right. We'll figure something out. And then since it's probably the only thing coming out that week, we'll talk about it on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm into it. I I, I like Paul Greengrass's style. I, I think he's, as opposed to the people that copy him, I like the people, I, I like him doing it. It works for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Captain Phillips hits theaters October 11th right during Oscar season, it would seem. Um, next trailer we have is for the Lego movie. This is from um, uh, Phil Lord and Chris McKay. Those names may not sound too familiar unless I say the words Cloudy Pachanza Meatballs or Clone High or 21 Jump Street. I think people know that as well. And um, this is – it's finally happened, guys. It's the Lego movie. I don't even need to explain a plot. I mean, it's just there's going to be Legos. There's going to be a lot of fun voices and a lot of, I'd imagine, crazy zany humor. And um, <laughs> there you go. I will read some names because why not? Uh, we have Elizabeth Banks, Morgan Freeman, Liam Neeson, Will Ferrell, Allison Brie, Charlie Day, and Chris Pratt, and Will Arnett, and Nick Offerman. It's more names than I thought. And uh, <laughs> all of those people supplying humor in a movie about Legos. There you go. Alan, thoughts? Now, don't get confused. It's not a movie about the creation of Lego. It's a movie with the Lego characters. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I really want to watch it. Um, it just looks like just looks like crazy fun. Zany isn't really up my alley. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. If the balance uh, no. between crazy and zany is too far gone. Yeah. It's know. craney. If, it's, if it stays craney, I'll be fine. Um, no, it looks like a lot of fun, and it should be exciting. And they have a panel at Comic-Con, which I will not be attending, but I'm sure you will be, and I hope you tell me all about it. Josh? Uh, yeah, it looks fun. I, I I like when people throw things together. And I was just reading, like, the tagline of this, and they are to stop a quest of an eagle Lego tyrant from gluing the universe together. Oh, my God. Did you guys ever do that as a kid when you glued your Legos together and you realized you made the worst mistake you could and now you're just stuck? I'm not a monster. No, the last, I didn't do that. The last, time I got, the last time I got close to gluing a universe together, I caused a tsunami in Sri Lanka. So, I mean, I can't play around with Legos too much anymore. I was poor growing up, so I could only afford blocks. <laughs> I was alternative, so I played with connects. Oh, no, I was really upper crust. I had Playmobil, thank you very much. Playmobil? It was already, it was already put together for me. Mind. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're, they're just crazy expensive. Hey. Uh, yeah, the movie, this trailer looks awesome. I, I'm pretty much on board. I like the way that they're moving like half frames, just the way that some of the guys over in um, Wreck-It Ralph uh, moved, and uh, looks fun. Yeah, I mean, pretty much in the bag for this movie. <laughs> it's got, it has things I like in it, but yeah, I the for anyone that's played like the Lego games, like Lego Batman or Lego, yeah. Lego, you know, any any of them. Um, those are a lot of fun, and I am not sure if the same if people that are involved in those games are like involved in the writing of this movie at all. But 
regardless. Like, there's something inherently funny about seeing Legos interact and, you know, just mess around in a in a standard story structure. And the fact that you have all these, you know, fairly humorous people and Liam Neeson all in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? Liam Neeson's a full-fledged comic now after Life's Too Short. Yeah, after but Life's Too Short, yeah. He loves those AIDS jokes. But, yes. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down to see a movie about Legos, and I'll have my chance to. And February 7th, 2014 is when it assembles. Oh, good. Yeah. Assembles. <laughs> That's the trailer talk. Let's move on now to our, our main review for Pacific Rim. The Drift. Two pilots melding memories with the body of the machine. The deeper the bond, the better you fight. At the edge of our hope. At the end of our time. We have chosen not only to believe in ourselves, but in each other. All right, Marco. I'm ready! This is for real! Now! Alright, so that should have been some of the trailer for Pacific Rim, the new film from director Guillermo del Toro, following Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, which I love. Guillermo del Toro has taken a backseat from directing for some time and opted to attach himself and develop a num- numerous projects, including The Hobbit, which, you know, he didn't actually direct, but he was involved at some time. He also produced a number of films, some more th- successful than others, but now he's come back with a film that allows him the budget to indulge in many of his biggest fanboy sensibilities in an effort to put on screen a film that has giant robots known as Jaegers and giant aliens known as Kaiju. And uh, there's a plot I can talk about, but it's pretty simple. We built monsters to fight monsters, and they're piloted by two-person teams hooked in, into each other's minds. There are a number of actors here. We have Charlie Hunnam, Rinko Kikuchi, Idris Elba, Charlie Day, Del Toro regular Ron Perlman. But with all that out of the way, Alan Aguilera, has Del Toro made his own imagination fun for everyone else? Tim Wright, he has. This movie was great. Um, I really, really enjoyed the film. I kind of was thinking about thinking about the summer season earlier this year, and uh, so far I think most of them have hit. The ones that I was excited for were good. They weren't great, but you know they didn't exactly go below my expectations. This is the first movie this year and this summer season, and probably the last movie since like Avengers where I had this much fun in the movie theater it from beginning to end even with the weird exposition in the beginning where it just kind of was really expository with the with the narration from beginning to end I had a smile on my face I was loving every minute and I just really couldn't get over how much of a fun exciting blockbustery popcorn film experience this was it reminded me when I was a kid when I went to go see we're talking about later but like Independence Day when I was in 1994 and I was just a wide-eyed child I had that same experience that I had in the theater when it came out on an IMAX screen. And I just was surrounded by a bunch of my friends, <clears throat> both of you there, but I just liked the experience and the fact that I was so happy. And it was a movie that wasn't out of all these like gritty films with all these neg- like all these bad, bad like vibes. And like, let's talk about how somber and everything is this film, you know, dealt with death. It dealt with a lot of other things, but it was so fun. And just what I think a summer movie and a big fun action film should be. And a lot of people don't like it that I've talked to because they thought it was really stupid or corny or cheesy. And one, I want to fight them because I just I don't, I don't understand why we're friends. And I've been starting to write a dissertation telling them what a movie should be. And if you don't understand what a movie is, then stop going to the damn theater because you don't understand elation and how to uh, how to bring out these emotions in the general movie going public like myself. 
I adored this film. I thought it was great. I thought it was so much fun. And I'm going to be like a broken record on most of the podcast because I'm not even hide, trying to hide how much I love this movie. This movie is so good that I want to name my first child Jaeger. It's it, son or daughter. I don't care. It's Jaeger. <laughs> Jaeger Aguilera. Jaeger Aguilera. That'd be great. <laughs> Josh, your thoughts? I liked it a lot, man. Uh, I've been following this thing ever since Guillermo got pulled off at the Mountains of Madness. <clears throat> So for me, it's been this really slow, steady climb, and it was great. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk terrible things about it, and I don't get it. This is, I, I think I told you guys when we left, uh, but just to say it again, this is the kind of movie that dads can take their sons to. Um, it's low language, um, you know, low gratuitous, like, violence to where it's gory and could kind of scar a child. But it's just it's just big monsters and big robots, and Guillermo puts love in in each frame and in between each frame. Uh, it's layered in there, and from every scene that you get, he hits these notes that make you feel that you're in this world, and it's great. Uh, especially, kind of, Alan was talking about the exposition in the beginning. Uh, one of the things I love about Guillermo is that he understands fantasy worlds, and the fantasy world, there's just rules. Here are your rules. Go with the story. There's not this need to explain everything all the way through because basically within that 15 minutes, you got it. And if you don't get it, you can kind of figure it out in your own head. We don't have to waste time with that. We can keep going through the story. But, yeah, if people don't – and I disagree with Alan on this. I want people to go see this even if they don't understand what it is. This movie needs more money. Absolutely. Even if they don't get it. And I just – I want this movie to do so well. I, oh, I never told people not to go see it. I just don't understand why they don't like it. I think it's silly that they don't like it, but that's another thing. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. I'd, rec- I'd go see it again. I'm probably going to go see it tomorrow morning. Hmm. We'll, yeah. we'll talk but about if, this later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, but if everyone's listening, it's tomorrow morning is Comic-Con, <laughs> so I won't be going tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun and entertaining film. Um, I certainly uh, had a pretty good time watching it. Um, I think that I'm probably, out of the, the group here, I'm probably going to be the one that probably had more issues than, uh, than you guys did with it. Uh, and that probably just comes with some of the uh, some of like the, the action sequences and the ability to see. But I thought that it was really simplistic in its uh, uh, design. It's executing on that. It doesn't feel as though it needs to be higher or lower than what or, where it is. Um, if people have problem with the dialogue and people have problem with like the writing, that's not really its fault because it's basically just giving you a story like what you had said, Josh. It explains everything right up front, or maybe it was Alan, but it explains everything right up front, and you either accept it or you don't. And if you don't, then sure, yeah, you're probably not going to like it. But I mean, just go with it. It's fun. It's it's pretty harmless. There's no like even when I thought there was going to be like some smooching scene, there's no smooching scene. It's just a hug. No coonies uh, in this movie, a boo. <laughs> yeah, that's the first. That's actually on the, the back of the, the DVD box. Um, but I would love to see the storyboard for this because basically everything that they say, you could probably put it in a little comic bubble because um, it's that much of a of a like an anime or an, that much of a of a comic. Um, and the action sequences, pretty fantastic. I'm not gonna lie that the you know the 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 melding between the CGI and animation and maybe even some like actual modeling, uh, it was really good. Like it doesn't look as, as lame as, uh, I don't know, something that you might see that's also big budgeted. Um, Germo de Toro's eye for creating creatures is fantastic. Uh, oh, if you, cool. if you haven't seen like Pan's Labyrinth or anything like that, um, you should check that out because he's got a 
a crazy imagination, even like in Hellboy. Um, although some of those characters are previously written, uh, but essentially, you know, he executes pretty well on how he wants these things designed and, and what, whatever they, uh, whatever else that they might have with them. But overall, it's a fun movie. I did have issues with it. Um, but it's not something I'm going to hold against and say like, well, as an adult, that's just ridiculous. It's something that, yeah, just throw everything off, just go see it, and I'm pretty sure that you have a good time. I'm going to, you know, I, I was a little disappointed. I went, and I, I, I tried to get what I wanted, but there were at least four Toys R Uses that did not have the Gypsy Danger action figure that I was trying to purchase after seeing so this sad. movie. Yeah. I mean, are there are there toys out there? Oh, yeah, there are. What? And there, what? There's the How was I... What? No way! Are we? Are you? Are, this this is the point where I ask: Are you being serious? Are you really being serious? Oh, I am being serious. serious. Yeah. Damn. Uh, hey, Josh. Before the movie tomorrow, you want to go to Toys R Us? Yeah, you want to go to Toys R Us? Yeah, I'll use all, all right. my money. All right, that's fine. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> that was upsetting. Not upsetting was this movie. I mean, it's. I would. I would slightly disagree with Alan in saying none of the movies this summer have like delivered fully on what I wanted, mainly because Fast Six did that for me. But I, I'm very happy that Pacific Rim is just awesome. Like it's it. I, I don't want to use. I don't want to just be hyperbolic about the thing the whole time. But that's kind of what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 Guillermo del Toro's playing with his toys on screen, and that's a very good thing this time around because he does. Not only does he deliver, you know, these giant, this, this giant scaled action movie that's full of just <laughs> crazy battles and everything, but you get to see Del Toro at work. Like, regardless of like this being a big budget summer action movie, it's still a very much a Del Toro movie. You have all those elements there. You have, you have that fun factor. You have this funny script. You have these, a lot of characters that are like larger than life on per, like on, I can't imagine him writing the script not thinking, hmm, that, that makes, every bit of sense and shouldn't be taken unironically. No, like every, like it, it fits this top gun mold very specifically. And it seems very on purpose. You have the, the his com like, there's a lot of CG here, but like his use of practical effects is still very present. You have these crazy right. autopsy scenes that are very much a Guillermo del Toro staple, just as much as kind of having rain soaked action sequences. That seems to be something I see in every Daryl del Toro movie these days. But, uh, mm-hmm everything is here that like I've seen in other del Toro movies and he's just been allowed this sandbox to play in where he can just make and he can just indulge in all of his, his imagination and just let it just ooze onto screen. And I just had such a blast watching this movie and Alan also singled out my independence day memory. I too, like that's, that's one of my favorite movie going experiences, just regardless of the movie, just kind of being in that environment of being in, in that theater on July 3rd, 1996, and seeing that movie and just being with this crowd that was just having a blast. And that's what I felt watching Pacific Rim. It was just such an enjoyable experience. And yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of things, there's plenty of things I could, I can point out. And I'm sure Abe and I, and the others will get into this as we go on. But I mean, it counted for little just because I was having a lot of fun in the summer right. watching this movie, which is what I wanted from this movie. So. And to your point, Alan and Aaron, like, you know, this summer, I, I, I personally think that this summer has kind of been somewhat disappointing, primarily, primarily because you have some, some bigger, uh, movies that had, I had high expectations for that kind of fell a little short, um, minus World War Z, which kind of just caught me by surprise. Um, but yeah, then this movie, like, I had actually high, I had high expectations for it, and it actually met those, and even though it, it kind of lacked in some of the things that, 
I felt as though it, it may have needed, but really it doesn't need stronger writing or, you know, more advanced graphics or a huge backstory about what happened 15 years in between um, the first uh, um, monsters coming from the sea and then how we built the, the robots. That does stuff didn't matter. It was basically just a huge story that I wanted to see because I didn't want this movie to be dragged out for, like, hours and just be like, this is how we first built our first uh, uh, Jaeger, and it, this is how it took out this guy over in Hong Kong. Yeah, I love, I love that. <clears throat> like, yeah. I love that it, uh, yeah. it just it takes, it takes, it gives you a good, basically a pre-credit, a pre-title yep. sequence of just what's going on and what this world is, and it it allows you to just be in it already. You don't need to see, yeah, the whole lead up to what what we need to. We don't we don't need the the hour buildup of what do we need to do? We should build robots. What? Right. How would that work? I don't know. Let's figure it out. And then all this montage of robot. You just you're just there already. You're yeah, exactly. you're, you're plummeted into this world, and it just allows you to see these giant robots fighting yeah. giant aliens. And in an hour, you're already at the final climax, which is like the last few uh, Jaegers that are around in the world, yeah. and that's that's all you need. And I was on board with that. Um, yeah, you're I, actually I, watching the third act of a of a longer story, of, of like a trilogy yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But even to go, even to add kind of like to Abe, like, I, I know there are faults with this movie. I've had people come up to me and go, what about this? And I'm like, yeah, give it to you, but, I mean, that's not the point. Right. I think when we talk about this, like, maybe you guys all agree, like, the point of this movie was monsters and robots. Yeah. And we got the love of monsters and robots. Yeah, and I feel there's a way to dismiss that claim, but what works about this movie versus... And I'll just use Transformers as an example. I'll use Transformers oh, yeah. 2 as an example. Like, oh, it, there's a, there's a quality here that matters. Like, it, this world feels like it's lived in, and it feels like there, there's a lot of personality going on in Pacific Rim, and I don't get that in some, in Absolutely. other movies that have that kind of thing going on. It, it feels like this, there's, there's, there's a quality here that this makes it feel so much more, so much better accomplished than other movies have been able to achieve that have, I guess cool. similar structure, it, and it, it it comes down to not just the presentation, but the writing and the, the 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 actors involved. Like I think there's all of that has an impact that makes a difference. It makes this movie more fun than other things to be just written off as stupid. Like it it works for me. Well, I think the probably the biggest factor to the film, you know, other than the amazing CGI from ILM and the monster fights, is Guillermo del Toro as being the auteur that he is. He had so much confidence building this world. He knew exactly what he was going to – like, there were throwaway lines about how people kind of develop temples over over the kaiju. But there were little throwaway lines and how he built everything and how he kind of made it all work and integrate. In the world, it showed so much confidence and gravitas that I just – I fell, fell in love with it. And to kind of compare it to another auteur that is in charge of his craft, it's almost like Brian K. Vaughn writing his comic book series Saga. He throws you right into this middle of this world, but – the confidence behind that, just like in Pacific Rim, you just know that it's confident. He knows what he's doing. He has a purpose. And you kind of just go for the ride. And with Pacific Rim, he throws you in and you just, you know you're going to be in a place where the director as an auteur has full control over what you're about to see on that screen. And it is magnificent. And it's a great movie-going experience. And even so last, no, I was going to say that like last year when you listened to Guillermo talk, I encourage anybody here, if we're talking about this after the podcast is done, go watch videos of Guillermo del Toro. If this will sell anything for you, the way he has a love talking about movies, that's the way you see it. And that's, I guess, what it had Abe and Alan. There's a place called the Bone City, which you guys will find out about. But even when you see a little shot like that, it takes the entire perspective of what you think of the film, condenses it and pushes it on. And it's it's beautiful. It's really cool. 
Every time I read interviews with Guillermo, I read it in his voice. Like he, he's such a, he's such a, he's such a charismatic guy. He has this awesome Mexican accent. It's just yeah. so much like I can't like not read things like thinking of like how would he say these words? Like that's how, like yeah. I want him to narrate books on Audible.com. Like it's that's what he should do. His, um, his accent when he swears, it's it's poetry. It is beautiful. Yeah, is no, and we. No, no, no one says no one says mother effer is beautiful as Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and I think I think Alan was the one who coined the term. Uh, we were standing in line last year for Comic Con, and we met him. We got our poster signed and everything. Alan's like he's our tío Guillermo, like yeah, he's just your big fun uncle. <laughs> big fun uncle that you just you know is going to take you out for beers. You just know he is. He didn't even drink beer, but he's so damn charismatic that you just want to have a beer with him. <laughs> Getting a, CM Punk get, would have a beer with Dio Guillermo. That's how charismatic that guy is. Another aspect about uh, Guillermo del Toro that I kind of um, was a little bit cautious about is, you know, like what Aaron had said, he's been producing a lot and a lot of stuff that says presented by Guillermo del Toro that I really didn't like. Um, you know, like Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, which I thought was awful. Um, and I was like, wow, I hope that he's not slipping. And then I saw this movie and I was like, he's not slipping. Like huh. when he has like his own... Uh, idea and his own vision and he's directing and writing co-writing it's it's gonna be pretty good and yeah absolutely i mean sure it's not you know i get i, I keep saying like it's not as deep because some of these lines are like so contrite and and cliched that you basically have heard them in any action movie it from, is yeah from like yeah, the 80s this or is... the 90s like it's nothing it's nothing noteworthy but it's just it kind of just gets moving to the next sequence and to that to that point i kind of really just wanted to see more um of the uh kaiju jaeger fights kaiju jaeger fights yeah but you know i didn't so much mind like probably day stuff um and moving through to find love, out yeah the portals and stuff like that but yeah i really every time that they were away from the kaiju and uh the uh jaegers i was just like can we go back to more fighting please it's it's certainly not you know it's not pan's labyrinth it's not devil's backbone this isn't like this isn't this isn't that Guillermo that's making the stirring drama mixed with the fantasy worlds that yeah. that give him the acclaim that he has. This is the Hellboy Blade Two Guillermo del Toro that just puts fun on screen and allows you to be in that world with him, and that works to its advantage. And this movie, one of my callbacks is Avatar, just because that movie yeah. has a very very yeah. standard plot. It's not inventing anything new besides I mean, in terms of plotting and character it's just it's giving you a very simple setup so you can just get into this world and allow yourself to have fun with it and that's what this movie is it's it has the most basic story possible down to absolutely down yeah. to the down to the characters we're watching we have charlie hunnam as as raleigh who's, whose brother died and he's really heard about that but he's got to get back into the game and fight with a jaeger again and he has to team up a newbie who's never fought before and her parents died of the war. like all this stuff it's not yeah. it's nothing like it's nothing that's, that's presenting bring anything new to the table. It's it's standard tropes of this kind of this kind of movie, but it it works for the most part just to get you to where you need to be. Absolutely, and you know you basically it's so contrived that you wake up in the first scene with like a when you meet Charlie Hunnam and his brother, and he's just super excited. He's like, "We're gonna get him, yeah, right, bro." And his brother's like, "Just just chill out." And if you're not on board with that, you're just like, "This sounds super cheesy." It's because it is super cheesy. Yeah. And, their, uh, yeah. Their Jaeger was called the Live Forever, by the way. So. <laughs> Jeez. Wait. That was that was the first thing though when I walked into work and somebody didn't like the movie, oh. and I walked in, uh, putting up my middle finger, and I said, "I challenge you. Say why." And that's the first thing he said. He walks in. He goes, "Well, when he starts up, he's so giddy and happy like a twelve-year-old kid." And I went, "That's the point." 
Yeah. And he goes, well, I don't buy that. And I'm like, then you buy nothing and you're done. You wasted two hours of your life. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. If, if they're not on board. Yeah. I, should, I completely agree. And it's not to say that I, I'm like pro uh, Pacific Rim so much that I want everyone to go see it at IMAX. It's just more, it's really, if you imagine yourself when you, like when I watched the Power Rangers movie, when I was a, when I was a kid, that was awesome. Oh right? yeah. It was like, the, yeah. Their suits were awesome. They was really designed. I watched the TV show, and it really brought everything full circle onto the big screen. Now that I'm like much older, and I look back, and I was like, "This is a this is still a fun movie, but it's awful." Like oh, I would yeah. I would never like tell anyone to go see this and pay money for it. Um, but it's the same thing, you know. If you have like a 12 year old or 13 year old that's going to see this, this movie is like everything to them. This is the best movie ever, even for you know adults who love comics. They're going to love this movie, too, but it's not going to be, like, if you have, like, A.O. Scott writing a piece on this saying why it's so, like, terrible in writing and stuff, that's the wrong audience. It's more of the U.S. Weekly crowd than the New Yorker. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, yeah, it is the movie about giant <laughs> robots. Like, it is the movie not made for them. It's, well, I mean, but to be fair, it's the, yeah, it's the giant robots versus giant aliens movie, and Obvious, yes, there is a contingent of people that aren't gonna, you know, want to see that movie. But at the same time, I wouldn't just dismiss it as the giant robots versus giant aliens movie. I do think it accomplishes more than other movies that have, have this kind of tone in mind and this kind of scale in mind. I think yes. it's better made than a lot of those movies, and that's why I support it so much. And it's original. I mean, besides the fact that it takes, you know, from other, it takes ideas from other movies, animes, comics, what have you. But it's still, it is an original movie compared to the many sequels and remakes, reboots that we get over the years. And it's something I want to support just because Guillermo del Toro is a visionary filmmaker, and he's putting that to screen. He's making live action anime for everyone to enjoy, right. and that's and he does it with skill and. A good, a solid cast, which we'll get to more of that in a second. The others oh, yeah. that I really do like in this movie, but like he, he, he puts, he's putting everything out there, and it's, it's, it's a quality version of that thing. It's not like the knockoff. It's not Atlantic Rim that he put out there. He put a Pacific Rim out there, <laughs> and it works really well. But yes, let's get to the rest of this cast, like because I. Hunnam is fine. Like he's not doing anything yeah. that really impresses yeah, me. I don't think movie. he's. Yeah. Uh... He, he's he's about as good as Garrett Headland in Tron Legacy. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I think I agree with that. I think but, he was the weakest. I think he was the weakest actor in the film. He is, but oh, Idris, Idris Elba on the other hand, Idris Elba is awesome it. at just being right. that guy. He's being the guy that's. That, <laughs> he's being he's being that guy. That's all he got. Yeah. Yeah, he's. he's uh... He's being he's being stern commander character, but he pulls it off really well. Like it's because he has these outright these over the top lines of dialogue. Yes, <laughs> which are fantastic. They are, but he delivered them with such pathos. He does. Yeah, bought it. You bought it. Oh, and then Rico Kikuchi was great. That, she gave a face to I just elbow yes. in the middle of like oh, right yeah. during during this little fight scene, and it was fan. It was the greatest thing. I was <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it was so like, good. People but were what saying about... that Rico Kikuchi wasn't doing anything i was like dude she had great facial expressions it's not very easy to have those kinds of facial expressions yeah. and like emote everything just she's, she's, on your face. she's live action anime right there exactly yeah. and why people <laughs> should go to japan and check out tokyo and charlie day and is so much fun in this tokyo. movie charlie yeah. day is a lot charlie, of fun. charlie charlie he's, day is having such a he's this rock star scientist character who just like he loves the idea of kaiju and he loves like exploring what they are and that gets the movie into interesting places for me like yeah. beyond having these awesome epic battles in the in the oceans that feature huge robots and huge monsters you have what these kaiju are and him delving into that world and that's just like really that, that all that stuff's just really interesting i need to access a kaiju brain 
completely intact. No, no, no. The skull plate is so dense that by the time you drill into it... The brain's rotted away, but I'm talking about the secondary brain. Now, we both know that the kaiju are so large, they need two brains to move around like a dinosaur. I want to get my hands on that. Hmm. So what's the deal, little fella? Well, that's classified. So I couldn't tell you, even if I wanted to. Hmm. But it is pretty cool. Yeah, and if you think that that's, like, taking up a lot of the time, it actually doesn't. It takes up maybe, like, 15 minutes of the movie. I don't even um, care about the time it takes yeah, up. No, I'm, I'm, so I'm interested that, like, in this thing. Like, it's... I know, I know, but it's, it, it's, if people are like, oh, I just want to see robots and monsters fight, you're going to see that. And these don't really take away from that. It kind of just enhances the story. Um, but, yeah, I, every time that it was away, I, I actually didn't want them to go back to the kaiju and the, and the Jaegers. Did anybody ever have that time in the film? I didn't have this, but maybe you guys did. Where I ever, even during the humanistic aspects of it, where I went, just give me more monsters. Nope. Even in between all of this, you're still just like, I like this world. It's fine. I, he even, yeah. yeah. Okay. I actually, I really liked, um, I think his name is Burn Gordon, the other scientist in yeah, the Yeah, the film. other scientist. He was in Dark I thought Night he was Rises. great. He was in uh, Dark Knight Rises, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was a great foil for, um, like, the opposite of Charlie Day. Okay. I just really, I really liked the relationship in the film. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I I was really surprised by. It. I just really liked them. Really it, it was a fun buddy duo. Yeah, that, yeah. And then yeah. you get to Ron Perlman character, this yeah. this black market kaiju like, parts yeah. dealer who's with like the, with a name that's ridiculous. Yeah, Hannibal Chow. That's yeah, and, so he, and he tells you the origin, God. and you're just like, this is lame, but it's it's funny. Um, I did, you know, we brought up Max Martini, and that guy is pretty good in this movie, like it, as. You know the the other pillar in the in the uh, command. Chain yeah, of we have. So in the, let me explain a little. In this in this movie, there's multiple Jaegers, the giant robots that are you know controlled by everybody, and all the every Jaeger has a team, and they're two person teams. One of the teams is this Australian duo, and yeah, that's the that's the character that Abe's talking about. And you have other ones. You have this one crimson crimson typhoon that's like has three operators. It has three arms. They're all triplets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the triplets. And you have this one that looks like I swear like a giant big daddy, that like the oldest Jaeger around. Man, if I see questions. Two Russians, yeah, that, those those guys were cool. And then one Russian used to be a wrestler, and he was also, um, I forget his name, but he was also in 300, the really big, uh, crazy Persian dude. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Who? Cyclops, I think. The big Russian dude. Uh, I forget what. Yeah, he's like their big mutant guy that they yeah. had to fight against Leonidas. He was also the big Russian in, in this film. Oh, yeah. Can we go over, though, how good that little girl is? Young, young Oh, yeah. yes. Young yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was super affecting because I actually felt really. I was like, "Did did Guillermo yell at her to make her cry?" Because it sounds <laughs> right? like she's really crying, and her tears no. are actually falling down her face. And I was like, "This girl is really good," and I'm really sad and I'm really scared for her because I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's like that's the scene that makes this movie PG thirteen, just because that tone and that scene. Because everything else, this movie's this movie's really PG. Like they, like yeah. in terms of what's going on, in terms of what the content is. There's nothing that it, and that's something that Alan mentioned that I admire as well. Like Guillermo works in this kind of vacuum where he doesn't, he's not playing into like what other summer blockbusters are doing, and it's clear like he's a producer on this film too. Like it's clear that he's like, regardless if they're studio notes or not, like it's not like he's making this movie a a dark and depressing movie about the. It's not Rain of Fire where everyone's just huddled in, <laughs> huddled in some damn cave, like, cave like, waiting for dragons. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's this. It's this with, bright, with colorful Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, it's this, it's this bright, colorful world that we've just been invited into, and every, and it's not, it's not as if everyone's like kaiju or cool, but like there's this, there's this sense that it's okay that you're having fun in this world that has changed because of giant monsters attacking places. Yes, right. things get destroyed. Yes, there's 
I assume millions of people have died because of this, but it's not dwelling on that fact. And it doesn't, yeah. but it also doesn't feel weightless. It, it feels like they are, you are, you do want them to succeed. You want, not, you don't want Kaiju to ruin Earth, but at the same time, you kind of want to see Jaegers punch the shit out of some monsters with like, with giant cruise tankers over their head yeah. in the middle of a yeah. city, cause it's just presented so well. And I can see the argument is like, well, why aren't you complaining about this when you complain about Man of Steel? Well, it's because yeah. the tone is so different. It's, it's like, yeah, it's well, trying to be different. fun. And you've established everything about this that makes it okay for this to, especially because this, we've evacuated the cities and there's bunkers and stuff, but it's, it's exactly. all there. It's yeah, all. And I would argue as exactly what you had said, which is people are saying, well, why do people have complaints about Man of, Man of Steel and him destroying like Metropolis and Smallville? Well, it's because this has been happening for like 10 years in this time or in, in this world for uh, Pacific Rim. And it's, people have moved inland. People do have those bunkers. And I'm pretty certain that even though there are like skyscrapers and cities there, they're pretty much desolate because yeah. everyone understands that you stay away from the waterfront. Well, how like, long how long was it that they have the the warnings for the events? They have them a couple hours in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. Like, so, so it's, it's not one of those things like these things just kind of like pop out of the ocean, just knock everything down, and then run back. Like it takes a while. Yeah, they to get they actually there. get like yeah, they actually have like those triggers, those like you know sensors yeah. around the the portal. I mean, but, you know, what I'm saying, yeah, beyond the logic of it, which is explained to an extent. I mean, the movie just it it, it has the tone that it needs to make this work, and that's what matters to me. Like it, it it's not it's not. It's not. It's not focusing on like what's what's the what's the dark here. It's focusing yeah. on what's the fun, and that's what. And you know, yeah. jumping back to the scene with the uh, with young uh, Mako, I, you know, I yeah. that scene was actually a really. I, I kind of didn't expect that um, because I was like, oh, he's giving her a shoe. That must be from the past, right? And then when they when they you know drift into it and you kind of see it, I was like, wow, this is this is really like you know affecting, and I kind of didn't expect that. And then when you see like the reasons why she uh, she and Idris Elba have you know such a, a, a I guess a caring relationship, I was just like that's that's nice, you know that that's really nice. And they just moved back into like the the world of Jaegers and uh, Kaiju, and I was like, cool, you're like you know a small little a small little pivot, and you're back to where it is. But hey, it made a lot of sense, and it makes this movie feel somewhat. Uh, I guess you, you're attached to it more in more ways than one. I'll say two things. One's a question for you guys, and then the first thing, um, if you want to know more about the backstory of this movie, get the check out the prequel comic book. It's pretty solid. It's written by the same screenwriter that did this film, and it delves into the stories of uh, Stacker and Raleigh a little bit more. You'll learn a, bit, a little bit more about this topic, about nice. how these things happen. Also, so you guys, and Alan and Josh, um, how cool is drifting in this movie? How cool is the concept oh, of drifting? Cool. So basically you have these Jaegers, and they're all commanded by two people because one person can't handle like they their their mind can't support a giant robot essentially. So you have you have to put two people in the cockpit of these things, right. and they have devices that make their minds connect so they can kind of fight they can think in alignment and fight together as one and have enough mind capacity to control Jaeger. But also you share thoughts memories. about yeah, yeah you share memories. So you guys what you what how cool is that concept to me? Do you want to? That was cool. You know, quite honestly, I, I didn't get it. Really? I was, no, I, I, I went along with it, but I was like, oh, I, I wish that they would explore this a little more. And that's just something I'm probably going to have to read in, like, books or, like, in subsequent comics. Because um, I was like, this is cool, but I, I, I kind of wanted to see them, like, the cockpit and how their awesome tools worked in their hands and, you know, all the electrical circuitry and all that other stuff that comes out. Um, 
yeah, so I, I was on board with it, but it's just, I kind of, I want to see a little more. I, I want to understand a little bit more, but that's, that's just on me. Yeah, it's the, I like it. It's called a, a neural handshake. There you go. Um, and it allows, the thing that I liked is that it allowed to build a story. It, he found a way to utilize it to develop characters, not just have it pilot a Jaeger. So when you have these memories meld, they share these things, and you actually get to see a lot of them. For anyone who's kind of wondering about this, we get to see a lot of what happens. Uh, if A, if you try to do this by yourself, B, what happens if you kind of freak out during this process. Um, there's going to be a, a series called uh, Chasing the Rabbit that you'll see, which is really great. I thought they did a great job with it. And again, just maybe it's just because of comic books where you get used to this time constraint. Because when they share the bind, when they started moving around, there was a part where I'm like, wait, why why don't they have anything on their left hand or on their right hand? Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, exactly. Oh, okay. That's fine. And then just moving along. But I thought it was great, especially building character with an object that's used to pilot almost like this like weird kind of metaphor, like what pilots the Jaeger pilots the narrative. It's a a thing that makes sense in allowing you to explore characters without having characters outright say where they're from. Is that kind of thing where he he gives you he gives you a reason for exposition, which is it's I'm always fond of this. I mean, you're certainly getting exposition and it's just kind of not too cleverly hidden behind (laughs) some things that you have, like opposed to Idris Elba say, well, he does kind of say a lot of things opposed to Charlie Hunnam. Saying it's like, yeah, well, my brother meant so much to me. It's why you just get Rinko Kuchi saying, you know, I get it. I, I I read that in your mind already. Yeah. Like it's like it's, it's there. Yeah. yeah. And those quick, you know, flip book flashback sequences, they actually provide a lot of information on this person. Like, you know, Charlie Day's character is like, oh yeah, he was like uh, this professor, and he's got glasses, and then like same thing with the other guy, and you know, it's kind of like more like quick thirty second, like what you were saying, Aaron, exposition of the of these characters, even though, you know. Um, it must have been fun filming some of those scenes, uh, just with Charlie Day getting tattoos, or like him at a chalkboard with a bunch of numbers behind him and saying "Q science." Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty neat. I, I loved it yeah. a lot. And you know, <laughs> there's like, there, there's also a thing that's going to happen too. Just for anybody watching this, and I think all of us could talk about this. How cool this point gets. There's going to be an uh, a neural handshake that happens that you're not going to see coming. <laughs> That it's going to be this kind of like left field where you're going to go, wait, what? And it's beautiful. Again, it, but just go watch the movie. I don't want to take away that moment for you guys. You know, and getting into some of the issues that I had with the film, um, I actually had some problems with some of the fight sequences. Because um, what you guys had alluded to, it's dark and it's rainy, and helicopters kind of light the path. Um, I couldn't really see some of the action sequences up close and... That's maybe because I wasn't watching an IMAX or what have you, um, but I, I kind of didn't like that and kind of took away. Even though they zoom out pretty often, um, that's one of the things that kind of bugged me. It's something I'm curious about, yeah, because I can't say that I had many issues with I would say that it, there's certainly scenes where it seems rather tight. But it never. I I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but I thank you. I would, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say that it was. And especially because I'm seeing it on a big screen in 3D, so it's you know inherently darker. But I wouldn't say it's a. I was bothered by the darkness of these scenes, despite the fact that they are. You know, I'm wearing 3D glasses and it's a, a nighttime rainy scene. But I I could. I I don't know if it's you know a question of brightness in the theater or not. But I can't say that I had issues with interpreting what was going on based on how bright the film was. I would, I, but I would agree that, 
the the camera seems very close at times for a movie about giant robots and giant aliens fighting each other. Right, and it's not again, you know, they zoom out pretty often. Um, it's just some of the early se- sequences you'll see that, but you know, you see the contrast when when they do fight in the daytime uh, with the Australian robot um, taking out one of those uh, kaiju's and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that, that actually looks really cool. It looks really clean. Um, and also the the city fight scene, I love the colors, like the Hong Kong Ooh, neon. Yeah. That was awesome. And even though it's a little bit darker, it still provided enough light where I was like, oh, I can see everything that's going on. This looks pretty cool. But again, when they're just straight up in the ocean, it's it's it was kind of troubling. And I was like, I wish that they would either pull back or they would, you know, make it uh, a little bit just not as dark and like maybe have a day fight or something like that. Makes me wonder yeah. how big, how deep the oceans are, by the way. Well, there's some parts where they get up and it's like they're standing in like a kiddie pool. And there's other moments where they're kind of wading through and like their chest and their heads are barely exposed, which was nice. And you can see the water weighs their legs as they get shallower. They can kind of move a bit quicker, just much like we would. Yeah, certainly there's a lot of a lot of weights involved in this film, which I enjoyed. You, you really mm-hmm. get a sense of the of the scale of these things. Yeah, and they have a yeah. It's but I mean, kind of going off of like Abe just continuing this idea of like things that are kind of weird about it. Like for me, it wasn't the idea of it being tight. It's that. I feel like I'm spoiled coming from all the Guillermo films that he's done where there's this insane amount of heart. Even in like Hellboy, Hellboy 2 I think has some of the most romantic moments of any of his films. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and in this movie you don't really get those romantic moments. And it's not that you feel like gypped or anything, but you're kind of like damn. Like I would have wanted that, but that at that point it's just greed. Mm-hmm. You know. It is and I'm aware that he there was like a good like 20 minutes of character beat stuff kind of trimmed out of this movie, which is negligible because, I mean, this is the movie we saw, so this is the one we have to grade. But I agree with you in a larger focus. I mean, I think, and Abe mentioned some of this too, like there's, you get a, you get a taste for a lot of things without it going further into it. And it's more, it's a combination of, I just really enjoyed those things, so I would have liked to see more. And just the, the movie does have some off balance issues of, not quite like showing you everything you'd want to see for to to make it you know have have a bigger impact in this per se. Right. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, what about you, Alan? Do you have any complaints? No, not really. I wish it was longer. Um, well, I think the third act is kind of weird. Like right towards the end, I think it's kind of. There's, I was like, huh? I want to know more about that. It was more a curiosity kind of thing. Um, it's kind of like we get a glimpse at something and then that's taken away from us. I'm just like, mm. wait, what? Oh, n- never mind. Forget it. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of it. But with your point, Abe, about like not really getting, like when they're, the, the monsters are first arriving, you don't really get too many shots of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I think, I th- if I remember correctly, I need, I'm going to watch it again. I think he likes to zoom in a lot when you kind of start focusing on the first couple appearances of the monsters. Yep, yep. Only because that's, I, to me, I, I almost figured that that was a representation of the world, is that the world didn't exactly know or have a full idea of what it was going on, so we as an audience shouldn't have a full idea of it either. So as you get glimpses of the first kaiju coming into Frisco, you only get like the head, you only get like pieces of the body. Oh, I, I had no problem with that actually. What was um, your problem? I thought that was that was actually that looked really awesome and yeah, like, the destruction of the bridge was 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 great. But again, like the first like fight sequence at night when it's raining, it was just oh. it's kind of you know like the slow motion punches and stuff like that. That's oh. kind of more. I don't know. I just know that Yermo has a thing for rain. Like mm-hmm. that's just it rains in all of his movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, look at the rain sequences in that compared to like a couple other films, <laughs> like Godzilla. 
But I like if you got to, I'm comparing like the fight sequences to the fight sequences in Transformers or other large lumbering. Beasts. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Ooh, these are fantastic. Exactly yeah. what's happening. Yeah, like these are, these are amazing just, compared to those. Like these aren't. I, I, okay, I gotta step in here, because as much as we wanna make fun of Transformers movies, I mean, to Mike, to Michael Bay's credit, he makes it in bright daylight sequences where you see, you see what's going on, and I think he's only, he got better as he went, like in that third one, there's some pretty spectacular action in that third, that third act. And that's, that whole forest fight scene in the second one. Say what you will about that second movie, Optimus Prime fighting three different Decepticons with dual swords in his hand is awesome and like I'm not, no one no one can take that away from how cool that scene is in imax like that scene i know the exact geography of that scene and it look it's bright in the daylight there's no there's no confusion in my mind i'm not gonna but there was i'm not i yeah i'm not gonna write off the entire all the transformers by just because pacific rim was more enjoyable like there's good stuff in that in those movies in terms of the robot action. yeah but there's something that happens in the movie is that we actually get one fight during the day and it's kind of neat because uh, – do you remember the name of the Australian Jager? Anybody got uh, it? Blimey? Blimey, <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever it is, it, that's the fight that we're seeing. That's the Jager. And their kind of like power-up, I guess is what you would call it, is in their chest. And right. it gives it this more heroic, noble aesthetic. So when you see it for the first time, you're like, man, they look like Superman in Jager form. And then for all the other ones, it's this dark drudging through the night where you're like, it's dirty. So, like, these guys are, like, the super, like, Superman, and then the Gypsy Danger is Batman, who runs Analog. So I think it was nice to see that balance. But maybe that's just me. Striker Eureka is the name of the Australian. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But all that, yeah. Well, oh, and Aaron, you brought up, like, the sword thing. And this was, like, one of my last bits before we, we close up the general discussion. It's just... Why didn't they just use swords in the beginning? <laughs> it's kind of like a, a last resort there, but it would have been it would have been Optimus Prime as well as like well they're, they're going by instincts and what they have on them at the time yeah. and what they how they think they can accomplish a fight. And I, I'm not saying that the, that sword sequence wasn't cool. It, it was awesome, and I wish I had like a freeze frame um, so I could like post it on my wall. But it's burned into my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's pretty. It's pretty there too, but there, yeah. it's it's burned into my mind with Alan going, "Oh, ho, 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 ho. Yeah, it's theater. Has it so, everybody, yeah, everybody did that so, as well." So that seems not to be forgotten by me anytime soon. Yeah, I saw it twice, and people. Uh, are you insinuating that you did not enjoy my reaction? I'm not insinuating that at all. I'm saying it's burned into my mind because of this. <laughs> Do you realize of... it was because of that scene? It took twice the time to clean up the theater afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He spilled a lot of popcorn. Let's, uh, I think we've discussed this movie thoroughly. Uh, I got some pieces in her pieces. What's let's up? let's uh, let's get to the rating for the film. Each week on Out Now, Fair and Abe, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. We have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or forget about it. I have a feeling I know some of the ratings already, but I'm going to ask anyway. Alan Aguilera, what is your rating for this movie? Uh, probably watch it on your iPhone. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, IMAX, duh. Josh? Uh, IMAX, it's big monsters, big jakers, uh, you need a bigger, if you could find a bigger screen, please go do that. Abe? I would say IMAX as well, um, I'm kind of on the board between just theater and IMAX because uh, I did see it twice, once with a larger screen, once with like a regular size screen, and, um, you, you get, a, you see way more with like the larger screen, like every minute detail, like the little girl walking. Um, just to show you how the the difference is. So I would say get a big ass screen, but um, it's kind of like a theater thing for, in my opinion. Yeah, it, I 
what I liked is that it, it was kind of, it seemed like Skyfall to me where they opened up the mat in the IMAX format because it was, you see more movie, essentially, like they take away the top and bottom bars. Like, I'm not sure if they did that or not, but that's how it felt because the, the IMAX really communicated a large scale to me. Yeah. yeah I would definitely say IMAX. Solid 3D conversion, by the way. I was surprised. Yeah. I wasn't disappointed in the 3D. I, it's not something I'm like, you have to see this in 3D, but I'm not saying it's terrible 3D. So there you go. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get to a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we discuss a couple films that in some way relate to the main feature of the week, and I'm going to start with Alan again. Alan, any movies come to mind? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, obviously Transformers, Godzilla, ID4, uh, Man of Steel, um, Armageddon. Whenever you destroy anything Asian, I kind of always <laughs> think about Armageddon. Um, also, Esmond Land Sand because they destroyed the the bridge. Um, Lost in Translation. <laughs> Oh, God. Remember that? Remember that scene where where you like you wake up and it's just Idris Elba's ass on a bed and it all the, the credits fade in. Yeah, yeah. Milk. I thought about milk. Um, Did you? Yeah, Lost in Translation. San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember, yeah, that, like... remember that scene where Josh Brolin shoots that that guy at you? Yeah, no, it's totally into that. Yeah, Hollow Man for a little bit. No, I just um, Starship Troopers too. I just I thought about a lot of movies. I thought Top Gun, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I was thinking about a lot of movies, but then oh, I also thought about Mary Gear Solid. For some reason. All right. Because like the design work in the bunker, I always was thinking about the original place or the PlayStation game Metal Gear Solid, like kind of how they walked around, just like the way they kind of designed everything, kind of reminded me of it, or how they were using that one elevator almost reminded me of this elevator that they had in Metal Gear Solid. So that that reminded me, it reminded me a lot of like video games and obviously anime. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think Alan just took every answer. Yeah, Josh, do you have any, <laughs> yep. any, any more to add, Josh? Oh, Avengers, but an opposite instead of this instead of the dimension from the sky, it's from the bottom. Boom. <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Josh. No, it'd be a uh, no. I just he has the same lighting. I'm sure he uses the same DP, right? Like it looks and it feels like all of his other films. Like yeah, Guillermo like... Navarro has done all of his. Academy, yeah. He won an Academy Award for Pacific, for, uh, Pacific, for Pan's Labyrinth, I believe. Yeah, those like gradient oranges and like rusty kind of looking colors. Just yeah. So you're, so you're saying mimic? It. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that. I was gonna say like Godzilla. It had that. I mean again, just the obvious ones. Like I think if you've seen movies like this at our age, you kind of remember all the stuff that made you want to go see this now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, in addition to everything that Alan said, I also thought of a, this. Uh, it's a comic, and also a Fox Kids show back then. Is Big Guy and Rusty, and also um, Cal or uh, no, Macross. There's like this one Macross. Yeah. I think it's like Macross Two or something like that, where they the the pilots have to use their minds to pilot their 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 planes, um, and then like this virus goes crazy and the guy dies piloting it. Um, and and also attack the block because the the monsters in here in Pacific Rim they have like these light up lights, mm-hmm. and in attack the block it's just like you just see like green neon teeth <laughs> for the monsters. And I was like, hmm, pretty that's neat. A brilliant callback. Good job, Abe. That's a really about... good. That's a really good one. We didn't talk about the kaiju enough in this movie. Some cool creature designs going on. Yeah, absolutely. And their their Not... various add ons they had. Dilophosaurus style. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have a lot of the same ones. Top Gun was very. Very much in mind throughout this movie, which made it more hilarious to me every time there was alpha male stuff going on. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> um, Independence Day easily, uh, Starship Troopers, Blade, Blade Two came to mind. Avatar, yeah. Transformers, Godzilla, Evangelion, Voltron, Power Rangers, maybe, uh, The Matrix, 
the Wachowskis are doing live action anime over there. Guillermo's doing live action anime over here. It's all they're all they need to make a movie together. Let's see that Cloud Atlas too. Yeah, that's um, what I was gonna say. <laughs> Tron also, Legacy, and uh, this is this movie is clearly the uh, sequel to Cloverfield. By the way, Cloverfield's clearly a prequel to Pacific Rim. Think about that for a little bit. That actually makes a lot of sense. It does, really, doesn't it? Like, yeah. They even like, have little parasites coming off Ivor Kaiju. Like, it's it's exactly a prequel to Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. Oh, also yeah. the um the underwater sequence from the escape from the Gungan um in episode one. There's always a bigger fish. That bigger fish? It just looks like the Category 5. <laughs> All right. I, I think we did some some uh, movie callback there. So. Callback, callback, callback. That was good. Let's, do, let's have a little word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of whatever mm-hmm. kind. For you, the listeners of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a recommendation this week. I was thinking robots, and I typed in robots, and what did I get? iRobot by Isaac Asimov. As humans and robots struggle to survive together and sometimes against each other on Earth and in space, the future of both hangs in the balance. Here, human men and women confront robots gone mad, telepathic robots, robot politicians, and vast robot intelligences that may have already secret that may already have secret control of the world. And both are asking the same question: What is human, and what is human? What is humanity obsolete? That is the description for. I, Robot, the original book written by Isaac Asimov, not the novelization of the Will Smith film. And um, you can download that and listen to it at your leisure or any of the other many, many choices at audibletrial.com. Again, audibletrial.com. You can download a free audiobook, delete your account, and keep that book. I mean, who loses in this situation? Nobody. Like, we Nobody. all, no one wins. There you go. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Let's do a little right now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we pull together all the answers from our various questions we've asked on Facebook, Twitter, and, and you know, through emails and what have you. And, and we're going to read them. We're going to read those responses. So, Abe, why don't you uh, get that going? Yeah, so we asked a lot of questions on Facebook here, and uh, we got some pretty cool responses. Um, one of the questions we asked is, uh, what is your favorite giant robot in a movie? Uh, Jason wrote Transformers the movie. Uh, Jian wrote Crimson Typhoon, obviously from uh, Pacific Rim here. Brent wrote The Iron Giant. I refuse to say the T word. Uh, Jim also wrote The Iron Giant. Mike wrote, okay, then Voltron first, The Lions, and then Robotech second, Macross Saga. And Scott Mendelson wrote, I guess The Iron Giant by default. I can't think of any other great giant robot movies. <laughs> Anthony wrote Megazord. <laughs> Ra- Ryan wrote Rob- Robot or Robot Jocks. So badass. And Patrick wrote Jet Jaguar of Godzilla fame, without a doubt. He has an awesome oh. theme song, too. That's a good one. i got to put that in the yeah. show notes. <laughs> we also asked, uh, what would you like to see humans save? Uh, or, I'm sorry, what would you like to have, or what would you like to see humans have remote control over? <laughs> Ryan wrote The Weather. Robert James wrote Stupidity. Corey wrote Other Humans. Joe wrote Music and Television. Patrick wrote female Asian drivers. <laughs> wow. And Jason wrote people's choices and options. This was actually a, a deeper question than we thought. So thanks for the, <laughs> those responses. I think Patrick Stewart has a movie about that. <laughs> oh. He sees everything in that movie. Um, masterminds? I, yeah, masterminds with Vincent Carthizer. Yeah. 
Um, there's a callback. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> went there. <laughs> Batman's Vincent Carthizer and Patrick Stewart in Masterminds. Okay, favorite giant monster from a movie. Robert James, friend of the show, put King Kong, then Godzilla, also Beast from the 20,000 Fathoms. That's a, that's one. Actually, anything by Rary, 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 Ray Harryhausen <laughs> is awesome. Um, hey, Rary's his younger brother. He's not yeah. as good at it. Oh, though. my God, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> he made Son of Kong. Um, that's not true. How Harry hasn't been. Uh, Scott put, I agree with Robert, though I do love them, and for cheesy, so bad you have to watch Beginning of the End about giant locusts that attack Chicago. Uh, he also wrote, Sometimes I like my 50s giant monster movies made in the Ed Wood style, cheesy and funny to watch. He also wrote, I prefer the good ones, but seeing a monster that looks like a, in, an inverted ice cream cone with fangs, it conquered the world, suits me. I swear there's a scene where two guys are pushing the monster out on two-by-fours, and they didn't cut it. That's all he wrote. <laughs> um, Joe has Mongo from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette put Frankenstein from Young Frank Frankenstein. Jason has Mogo, and Cobra Commander is a monster also because he is a snake person. <laughs> a little confusing. Um, I also put, ask the question, favorite Power Ranger. Um, J- Jose put Jason in his incarnation as the Gold Ranger just because that pyramid Zord, that pyramid Zord was ridiculous. Also, Tommy as the White Ranger. Jeanette put the Red One. We make more money on his admirers. I think that's because she owns a bakery and she makes a lot of Power Rangers cakes. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, Jason, who was confused by this question, wrote Yellow Ranger at first, and then I explained. Then he asked, um, "Why would I ask a question about Power Rangers?" And then I explained because obviously there are people inside of robots fighting. That's why I asked this question. It seemed very timely for this week's show, and so he put, I, "I changed my answer to Iron Man. That's a human controlling a robot from the inside." Thus negating uh, his answer to this question, and uh, that uh, Stephen, um, Stephen has uh, Stephen has Adam, the second Black Ranger, uh, Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Scott Mendelson. He actually knew his name. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Mendelson. Scott Mendelson put whichever one got pounded to a pulp by Batman, pantsed by Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, or dropped off a cliff by Goliath. You know, '90s kid shows that weren't that bad, weren't that terrible. Yes. And finally, Joe Jans put. The only good ranger is Walker, Texas Ranger. Which was an answer to last week's game. Uh, we then asked a pretty cool question. Favorite Ron Perlman movie or show? I actually, uh, one of one of my Ooh. answers actually showed up here. Brian wrote Hellboy 2. Ryan wrote Quest for Fire. Boom. Uh, <laughs> Eric wrote Enemy at the Gates, followed closely by the Fallout narrations. He narrates the Fallout games, uh, some of them. I really like one of them, I think. Jim wrote City of Lost Children, which was my answer as well. That's a fantastic uh, movie. Yes, yeah. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's City of actually Lost the Children. first time I ever saw Ron Perlman. And I actually, growing up, I thought that he was French, and I was wondering why he's on the, in all these American movies with an, a, a terrific American accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, and, yeah, he does not speak French, and he learned French to be that role. Yeah, like, he, learned, yeah. he only says like a few words, but I remember my brother brought home the film, and I was I was watching it, and it's very quirky. But I was like, wow, this this French guy is pretty good. And he's like, oh, why is he speaking English in uh, Enemy at the Gates? And I was like, what? But that was like way later. Anyway, yeah, that's, 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 City, that's City of Lost Children. That's from the director of Amelie and uh, Very Long Engagement for anyone. That's he's not like sure. Jean-Pierre Junet or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah, Jean-Pierre. <clears throat> Does Soul uh, Asylum do the theme song? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Abe. Uh, Dennis wrote, uh, he's fantastic as a voiceover artist. I loved him as uh, Slade Deathstroke in the Teen Titans cartoon. Izzy wrote The Punisher and Dirty Laundry. Punisher, and Jason, colon, Dirty Laundry. Oh, 
It's I'm one sorry. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason wrote, the Hellboy movie is waiting for a third one. Oh, and yeah. wrote, Season of the Witch. LOL, just kidding. I was just looking through his filmography and I forget how many roles he's had. The first Hellboy is still a favorite. He just is Hellboy personified. I actually, I rather liked him in Alien Resurrection. His basketball match with hybrid Ripley was nicely done. Nice. Thanks, Brent. Wait, did no one say Clay from Sons of Anarchy? No, no one said no Clay. No one said Clay. We well, never know. He's no one... great. What about, what about Drive? Are you sure we can Alan? What? Oh, no, you're not reading any of my other answers. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody throw Drive in there? Nope. No. Yeah. Huh. You, you, want, you can shout it out. Oh, Kronos. This is, this is the time to do that, if you want to shout out. Yeah, something. I like, actually, I take him in Kronos. Ah, time's up, time's up. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's feedback, feedback, feedback for you. <laughs> what, what were you saying about Drive? Yeah. No, I take Drive, but Kronos is... Kronos, yeah. It's beautiful. The first uh, Del toro Perlman collaboration. If, if no one's seen that movie, they have to go see it. It's, yeah. it's something else. Uh, that's definitely a Guillermo Del Toro movie, that's for sure. And yeah. I think that it would, I think, I think Kronos and... Pacific Rim are the only two movies that Rob Perlman plays human in a Kermit Latoura movie. But. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's do a little box office. Oh. Each week, <laughs> thank you. Each week at out how very day we go over the box office totals and find out if our predictions were any, our previous week's predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. And um, we had some, we had some expectations for this movie. Uh, I know Jordan Grout predicted first place of 47 million. Uh, David Yeah put first place of 49 million. Abe, Hugh, what'd you have? I had first place with fifty-five million. I thought I'd be clever by one-upping you with fifty-six million. Um, lots of lots of you know lots of news has happened about the, the tracking of Pacific Rim and what they thought it was going to do, given that it's opening middle of summer. Adam Sandler's Grown Ups Two comedy event happened. Despicable Me just made a ton of money as well. Pacific Rim's a new property, and um, with all that said, yeah, Pacific Rim came in third place. It made $38.3 million this weekend. Despicable <laughs> Me 2 topped the box office again with $44 million. Who topped the box office? Despicable Me 2. Despicable Me 2. Grown Ups yeah. 2 placed in second with $42.5 million. The juggernaut that that movie is, people wanted to see deers pissing in Adam Sandler's face. Like They're like, how is this scene going to end, guys? We can't know until we go and see the movie. So, and apparently they want to get chocolate wasted. So, good I for them. chocolate wasted. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Pacific Rim third place, thirty eight point three. Well, well, I hope that it does well. It looks like on the good word of mouth. Well, it's got a good cinema score, yeah. so we'll see how that goes with the legs and what have you. Um, I mean, that's all. I mean, uh, Fruitvale Station opened in limited release this week, and it made pretty good theater average. So there you go. Cool. That'll expand soon enough as well, and uh, as well, and the way way back continues to make a small amount of money in its limited release, and it's going to spread wider. I believe the same weekend Wolverine comes out. Actually, I think it's going to spread. Oh, very cool. Looking forward to that. Here to see both of those. <laughs> pay, pay, for, pay for way, way back. Sneak into Wolverine. <laughs> don't forget your 3D glasses. Don't forget, don't forget your 3D glasses. Yeah, Sam Rockwell in 3D is pretty fantastic. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, is it is it really already that time for some games? Very nice. Very Jaegerific this week. Thought so. Um, I have a game this week, guys. It's called Who Fought What Now? What? Yeah. Who Fought What Now? Oh, okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. Curious what you thought I heard that the second time. <laughs> yeah, this game is called Who Fought What Now, and this is um, a game about versus movies. 
And basically, I'm going to read a description of a movie that's something versus something, and you have to figure out what that movie is. Just shout out the answer, and uh, if you get it right and you're not out, I'll give you a point. So there you go. Um, let's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a good, there was a good two seconds of what did you say? <laughs> Here's the first one. A woman is hit by a meteorite, which turns her into a giant monster, effectively putting the kibosh on her relationship in the, with the vain TV journalist, but, le- but leading her to a secret government project in which other monsters and aliens have been secretly kept. When oh. the strikes are called into duty... Uh, monsters versus aliens. Did all three of you say that? No, I think there was an echo. That was Josh and I. No, it wasn't. It wasn't me. I think it was Damn Alan it. and I. Oh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I like honesty on this podcast, so everyone everyone but Alec gets a point. No, Abe and Alec get the point on this one. There you go. Here's the next one. A hypochondriac who is diagnosed with an incurable disease, so he quits his awful job, and a rich man makes him an offer. He'll give him money to live large for his remaining days if he'll jump into a blank and uh, live like a king and die like a man is the idea there. Bubble Boy. Bucket list? I'm gonna reemphasize that the, the all the answer is something versus something. Oh, oh, the toy. Um. <laughs> Can you read the description again? A hypochondriac is diagnosed with an incurable disease, so he quits oh, his awful job, and a rich man makes him an offer. To, he'll give him money to live large for his remaining days if he'll jump into a blank. Joe versus the volcano. Joe versus the volcano is the correct answer. Really? Eight point. Yes. Yes. Here's the next one. This kid is challenged with a, with fighting a number of fellows who used to be involved with his current lady friend. Lots of geeky battling ensues in his quest for love. Scott oh, Pilgrim the, the world. I believe Abe started saying that first until he gets played. Here's the next one. Blank leaves blank because he works too much, leaving him to raise his young son alone. Kramer versus Kramer. That it is Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> Dracula travels to the American West, intent on making a beautiful ranch owner his next victim. Her fiancé is an outlaw who finds out about it and, and rushes in to save her. This is a little more obscure. It's from the 60s. Or 70s. Maybe. Maybe, I think, 60s. I'll give you a hint. It's blank versus Dracula. <laughs> uh, Dash versus Dracula? Paul Bunyan? White Earp versus Dracula? Very close! Doc Holiday versus Dracula? I wish that was it. Oh, man. The tuberculosis would kill Dracula. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that movie, guys. <laughs> Green oh. light. This one was the toughest one. Oh. Uh, Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Oh. I'll get that. Ah, nards. Here's this one. The rise of pornographic magazine publisher and editor and his... Subs- People versus Larry Flint. That is the correct answer. This is- you gotta want it. A couple of hillbillies trying to hang out at their cabin. Joe and Dale versus the world. Tucker and Dale versus evil. That's the correct answer. Damn it. Point. They're the same words. <laughs> Take the maniacal serial killers from two of the most popular slashes. Freddy versus Jason. All top. Freddy versus Jason. Like, seriously, I'm not going to play if Alan just starts blurting out crazy answers all the time. It was the right answer. Here's the next one. Or? This one. This one's just a tagline. Whoever wins, we lose. Alien versus Predator. Predator. I'll just give. I didn't I'll give it a three-way tie on that one. Here's the next one. Is that the first three-way on? Here's the, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> okay. it's not. It's not actually no, it's not. It's not. at all. Not even close. Here's the next one. 
Whoever wins, we lose again. Land of Predator 2? Requiem. Hey, Requiem. <laughs> Requiem is the correct answer. <laughs> Who said Requiem? Me. Gosh. Gosh. Okay. That's not the actual tagline, but I wish it was. <laughs> here's the last Here's the last one. Uh, as a bonus, because I, I don't know if they won't get this. Tasked with destroying each other, an FBI agent and a rogue DIA agent soon discover that there's a much bigger enemy at work. X versus Sever, ballistic. Oh. I'm going to need a correct answer. Ballistic. X versus Sever? I'm going to need someone to say the whole answer. Ballistic, ballistic X versus, X versus Sever? Sever? That's the correct answer. Boom! <laughs> Thank you, Lucy Lou knowledge. Let me let me tally these points up here. Let me, let me At see. six. I had two. <laughs> you did have two. How many did Abe have? He had four or five, I think. He did, which makes Alan the winner. Ooh, of the what? Cow. Boom, boom, that's not, boom. That's not right. Congratulations, Alan. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Don't worry. The, the, the trophy will be stripped from him immediately. He was doing steroids. Yeah, banned substance. That's fine. <laughs> All right. As long as I got the glory. There you go. Let's move on to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are new movies and DVDs. These are new DVDs and Blu-rays <laughs> of movies that are being released <laughs> this week. Oh. Um, first one up, we have Evil Dead. Boop, boop. Eh. Boop, boop. I'm happy about boop, boop. that. That's great. Uh, 42. The Jackie Robinson. <laughs> it's a solid, solid. More lighthearted, man. Um, Bullet to the Head with Sylvester Stallone. So it's not yeah, that's how I felt during the film. Yeah. Wait, it's, that movie's not about Rage Against the Machine? No. Oh. It's, it's not the John Woo film either. And lastly, Solomon Kane. Did anybody see this movie? I did not. No, but I have a shirt for it. Solomon Kane? Yeah. It took that movie like four years to come out. And then like I know, six right? years. That was one of the first movies we ever tried to get at the Newport Beach Film Festival back when the volcano erupted. And it was already like three years past due on that one. Jesus, bro. First Comic Con I went to. Yeah, it's... or the second. It's been around. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. Doesn't seem very. Let's gonna let's go over what we're gonna talk about next week. I've already mentioned the Comic Con thing. That'll be a bonus episode. But I think we're gonna talk about the Conjuring next week. This is the new film from director James Wan, the horror film starring Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga, Lily Taylor, and um, Ron Livingston, of course. And um, it's a it's an old fashioned ghost story. And we'll we're gonna we're gonna go over that one. We might talk about some others. We'll see. There's a lot of. We also have, like, R.I.P.D. comes out and Red 2 comes out. But uh, I know I'm going to be pretty busy next week. And um, I think The Conjuring is going to do us in. But um, let's see. Ooh, I might go see that Sunday. Sorry. Conjuring looks pretty good. What? Jeez, um, how do we predict box office? I think that we would, uh, let's go with the two major releases, either uh, R.I.P.D. or uh, Red 2. Red 2. Let's just say, what. let's just predict what we think is going to be in first place next week and then give oh. a to that. Oh, that's that's tough. Oh, just Conjuring, I'll go with Conjuring. Let's do no way, it's rated R. Are you me, kidding me? So we have, so but we it's have, a it's a horror film. Let me go. Let me okay. So we have Conjuring, which is it is an R-rated horror movie. Um, we have R.I.P.D., which is new property. Uh, we have Red Two, which is a sequel. We still have Despicable Me Two. We still have Grown Ups Two, and we still have Pacific Rim all out. So what do you here, what, Alan? What do you think will be? How much? Play? How much did uh, Despicable Me Two make? Forty four. Uh, Despicable Me Number Two. Forty forty four million. Yeah, no, I think it's gonna make number. I think that's gonna be number one. I think it's gonna be number one. Okay. Yeah, because I don't. I think Conjuring will make like thirty, but that's just me. Okay, Josh. I'll take I'll take the Conjuring despite Alan. All right. That's how you do most of the things in your life. Abe, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a surprise, I guess. I'm gonna say uh, R.I.P.D. is gonna be first. Whoa! You put it up, R.I.P.D. I will burn this world to the ground if that's number one. <laughs> and Pacific Rim is number it's, three. It's <laughs> so hard to tell. Like, there's so many that's coming out that next week. I'm gonna stick for Red too. I think the okay. first one, first one was a success, and you have you have box office draws Mary Louise Parker and John Malkovich in the lead. So I mean, it's like no drinking a fresca. Drinking a fresca. I mean, Helen Mirren sells tickets like no other. I remember, I remember the Queen was the second billion dollar movie ever. Oh my god, it was insane. Well, didn't it. didn't Red two like do really well, but it was like a slow creep. <laughs> uh, Red did. No, uh, uh, Red. Let me let me see. I, let me find what Red did. Red was like a. I mean, it has a sequel, so I know it's a success. It did, like, 150. I don't know. It did, uh... What did it do domestically, like, 150? Looking it up. Give me one second. It did It did worldwide. It did 199. Domestic, it did 90. Oh. It opened strong. It opened 21. That's right. Okay. A movie that made less than $100 million is getting a sequel? But it caught... Domestically? That's crazy. Well, it, it didn't cost much the first time around. Yeah, I know, but still... My parents like that movie. That's how I know it's probably going to do okay. Because uh, it because it's old people making with the funny. That's... Exactly. <laughs> there, we go. Well, there we go. We'll see how that turns out. But um, let's go. <laughs> There's no other segment for the jump to. That's no. the end of the podcast. That's that's it. That's all I got. That's there. That's oh, it. That's all. Right. That's all there is. That's going to do it for this week's out now. Fair and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog at codezeke.com, where you can find all my movie reviews as well as at ysablu.com for all my blue reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash aaron's ps3 Abe. You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag the last of us. <laughs> Alan? You can find me on Twitter at MrDVD, or you can find me on Instagram, Aldo Rain, A-L-D-O underscore R-A-Y-N-E. Um, and you should find my new blog. Hopefully I should do it after Comic-Con. I just don't have time right now. It's, um, it's going to be myloudnoises.blogspot.com. I'll, I'll let Aaron and everybody know when it's actually out. Cool. Josh? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at uh, twitter.com backslash boring boring. Uh, Serial Filler should be up with some short stories. It's just some mild rantings about comic books and movies up soon. And uh, if you want to follow me and Alan on Instagram, probably just because that's generally what we do, that's also uh, Lahu, L-H-E-W-H-O. You can find all the other episodes about Now Theron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher. You can also find us at hhwld.com. All our shows are located there, as well as the other great shows on that podcast network, which has the Walking Dead TV podcast, Longbox of Doom, Half Hour Waste, other fun stuff about comics and games and shows like that with a bunch of cool guys there. You can also find more episodes, as well as exclusives and Out Now Nights at outnow.podomatic.com. And check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash outnowpodcast, where you can check out the main reviews, 20, 30 minutes each. I'll let me mention this, too, on the Potomatic page. I know on, on Wise the Blue, I put up some interviews that I did with the cast for the way, way back, and I'm going to stitch those all together into one long kind of recording and put it onto the Potomatic page at some point, too. Um, out now, podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us in your thoughts about Pacific Rim. What did you think of the film? What, what I mean, how, did you like, did you love it, or did you think it was just some stupid robot movie? I mean, I want to know, and I want Alan to know, too, so he can go fight you. <laughs> And you can also interact with us on Facebook.com slash OutNowPodcast. We love reading your thoughts on the air. Twitter.com slash OutNowPodcast. You can follow us there as well. We put all the show new posts and what have you on there. We like we want to get more Twitter followers. We want to include that group around too. Yeah. And our latest uh, online social media site, OutNowPodcast.tumblr.com. Check us out where we post uh, links to the show as well as some pretty cool content that we find around the web. 
So yeah, that's uh, gonna do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for coming on and talking Pacific Rim with us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for being a gracious host, guys. <laughs> it's a lot You're of welcome. fun. Yeah, always happy to have you. And uh, yeah, until next week when we, talk, yeah. when we when I when I continue to talk about Turbo, um, we're uh, gonna be out of here. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Uh, the kaiju sounds. <laughs> <laughs>